With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Harden My Take, the number one podcast on TheDreamShake.com. Home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner here, and today, not a happy day in Rockets Landia, Red Nation Landia. It, it wasn't a good day, Michael Brown. Oh, it's always a good day when you and I get to be on a podcast together. It's, it's, uh, yes, it is kind of uh, cushioning the blow. Yeah, I can, you know, it's a tough day in Houston with the news that Le'Veon Bell went to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, oh, okay, you must be talking about Daryl Morey. Um, yeah, Daryl Morey is no longer the GM, and I'm shook, man. I, shook. I, shook, I think, is the best word for the news. You texted me, and you said, yeah, Daryl's stepped down. I'm like, from what? <laughs> You're like, from no, what? he's no longer the GM. I'm like, oh, okay, well. Okay, I mean, from the podium at the MIT Sloan conference, right? right. Uh, I was like, yeah. What panel is he no longer a part of? I mean, he's gonna be missed. This this is big, and I've had a really wide range of emotions today about it, and we're gonna experience all of those emotions together. So get very excited. Um, but what were your your first? thoughts when you heard the news you know i was surprised i think a lot of uh headlines surprise you uh like the you know when donald trump tested positive for covid that kind of shocked you but then you think about it and you're like well it makes like if you look at trump like you're like okay well uh hope hicks had it okay it doesn't surprise you like it surprised you at the instant news i think it was more surprised though at the fact that shams was the one who tweeted it out and that's how i found out but that's besides the point but you look at it and you're like oh well it's not that you know if he wasn't uh you know even in his social distancing and stuff it's not surprising that he had that but i'm this is Far from a political podcast, so that's the last politics you're going to hear from me for hopefully a long time. But that being said, if you look at Daryl Morey and then the news kind of sets in, you're like, okay, well, if you look at the Hong Kong tweet and how much backlash that he got from it and how much that took a toll on him personally, and then you keep in mind with, you know, the current state of the team and how we're kind of in a transition, so... It's a good chance for him to step away. And obviously 2020, I don't think it's been easy on anyone. And his kids are uh, college age, taking a gap year. You know, he kind of wants life to slow down a little bit for him because it has sped up in the last couple of months, in the last year. Um, And I don't blame him one bit uh, for doing what he had to do for himself and for his family. And I... I don't think anyone should be mad at this. Uh, I saw that Tillman Fertitta was getting a lot of the blame, and I, I don't know about that. Like, obviously there's an argument there, and I, I think, Mike, you you probably have something to say better than I do about it, but to me, 
it, this looks like it was 100% Daryl Morey's decision. I know that's what it was reported, and it looks kind of suspicious, and I understand people's suspicions behind it, but if I'm putting myself in Daryl Morey's shoes, you know, maybe Tillman is part of the reason why I'm stepping down, but I think there's more than enough outside of Tillman that leads to why he's making this decision. Yeah, the the Tillman thing doesn't make sense for once one fact and it's that daryl morey is staying on as a consultant for the coaching search if he was that pissed off at tillman fatiga why would he stay on to help the rockets with Mm -hmm. the search honestly though because this news came out today and he's only staying on for the coaching search that leads me to believe the coach is going to be named almost like it could happen at any minute like Ever yeah. since all of this news has popped up on my phone, I have been maybe checking my phone every two minutes, looking like a, you know, like yeah. a dog trying to defend like their bone, like right. You know, looking back every two seconds, like making sure I see a tweet and I get, uh, you know, I get startled. Like I see Daryl Morey and I say, "Oh my goodness!" I just the tweet I just got was from Zach Lowe about, Dar- and it's an article of his about Daryl Morey. So. Like that kind of got my, uh, got my, I don't know. I got antsy just now. What I'm going to miss so much about Daryl Morey is I, a lot like you and I are very similar in the fact that we go by the beat of our own drum, right? right. We're, we don't necessarily, you know, give sports opinions, you know, we're not vanilla, I guess is the best way to put it, right? And Daryl Morey was the epitome of that, right? Mm-hmm. He was just a different kind of guy. You know, he was fun. He, his main love, I can tell that he was enamored with basketball, but I, there was so much more depth to him. You know, he went to MIT. He was a ping pong player. He wore, uh, you know, T-shirts under his sports blazers. He wasn't a suit and tie kind of guy. He didn't drive anywhere. He Ubered. Like, he's just different. His mind just works differently, you know? And I'm going to miss Daryl. You know, there's no doubt that this guy, you know, Raphael Stone, you know, I'm sure he's going to come in. I'm sure he's going to do a fine job. And who knows? He may be more fun than Daryl Morey. But I doubt it. You know, like, I highly doubt it. And... I, the Rockets are just in a really, I mean, this is a crossroads. It was a crossroads without D'Antoni. And now it's like you have your GM, yes, but now the head coach seems to be so much bigger of a hire, don't you think? Yeah, so here's the thing. I think Daryl Morey is going to be one of these next two things for his next job. One, he's going to the Texans to be the Texans GM, because why not? Well, don't Uh, laugh. Lance Zerline, uh, who works at the NFL Network and is also on ESPN 97.5 here today, or not here today. He should be considered as a candidate. I don't know if he'll be interviewed, but the worst is to just think about it. But that's besides the point. But the other job that he could have is... The Dosecki's guy, the most interesting man in the world, because he is one of the most interesting uh, men in the world, I would say. Uh, he's got, you know, yeah, you mentioned MIT, ping pong player. Uh, you know, he's an aficionado of musicals. He Didn't he write a basketball musical or something? He um, wrote a basketball musical. Uh, he actually got very heavily invested into the e-game, the electronic yes, gaming did, yeah. World. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked to see him maybe take a route with that. He, you know what it's like? He knows a little about a lot. I just thought about this right now. It kind of feels like when Peyton Manning retired from football in the sense that no one knows what Peyton's going to do. He'd go to broadcast something. He could go into the private sector. Daryl Morey could go into the private sector. I mean, who knows what's going to be interesting to me is... If he gets back into basketball, where he would go? Because if he said right now, and he might be doing this, you know, I want to continue working in the basketball world, I, there would be a plethora of teams that would line up to hire Daryl Morey. 
all and, 30 teams would line up to hire Daryl Morey in some regard. Yeah, Not necessarily pro- as the GM. He could be Pobo. He could be um, yeah. pre- president of basketball operations. He could be a vice president. He could be a president of a of a franchise. Like I think he has done enough to merit any hiring or creating a space for him in that front office. And that, to me, is the biggest sign of respect. Uh that is the biggest sign of respect is is when you can have anybody in your field create a position for you or, you know, clear out a passageway for you to enter. And he was respected around the league. Uh, he was re- he was very respected around the league. And I mean, it's, he- it's a loss. It's a loss not only for the Rockets, but for the league as well. If if this is the last time we'll see Daryl Morey in the NBA, I don't think that's the case. I do think that he will be he will get that itch someday, maybe. But also, like you mentioned, Mike, he's got a lot of different interests. Maybe he'll try something new where he doesn't feel too tethered down anything. But I also think that Morey's like threeness, oh, in a way, his hippiness, in a way, yeah, kind of allowed. That's kind of how he did his job. As the GM, he kind of, you know, beat to his own drum and did what he wanted to do, not what was necessarily expected of him to do. So I'm sure you you know of this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say something happened today in professional sports that has never happened before in the history of all professional sports. A city has their three major sports teams being in the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA. Today, the city of Houston accomplished uh, firing their general manager and head coach for all three franchises in the same calendar year. That's kind of hard to do. (laughs) That's incredible. It's kind of hard to do. I mean, granted, the Texans had Billy O as, you know, it wasn't like two different guys doing the position. But think about that. It was... And I, well, AJ Hinch and Jeff Luno, I think they were fired in 2020. Yeah. So yeah. Jeff Luno, they were fired Hinch at the beginning of the, the beginning of the year, January Mike, 13th. Yeah. yeah. Mike D'Antoni and, uh, and, uh, Daryl Morey. Now, Daryl Morey for Houston fired. sports. It's been a rough yeah. year. So here's my question to you. Ultimately, why do you think Daryl stepped down? Look, there's a lot of different reasons, I feel. I um, have just to, you know, I'm going to, obviously, I want you to tell me first, but I will tell you, I think it's one of only two things. Okay. I'll go with one of them and you can say the next one, which I, I think my reason is one of your twos. Okay. So what is yours? There was in, it, it said in, you know, several sources said that Maury was 100% behind uh, him stepping down. This was a total... This wasn't the NBA pushing him out. This wasn't uh, Tillman pushing him out. This was... Look, Daryl Morey's had a tumultuous 12 months, starting with the Hong Kong tweet, which he got a lot of pushback for, uh, from the league, from uh, Houston, uh, you know, from the world. Um, and it kind of put him in a real tough spot. And nobody knows how... Um, uh, nobody really knows how that personal experience really was, except for Daryl. Um, so that I do think contributed to some of it. Uh, and the fact that, you know, 2020 has been difficult on him, just like it's been difficult on everyone. He has no obligation for the Rockets. Uh, you know, he has, he has done his job and then some. Um, and also he's got kids that are college age. Uh, they're taking a gap year for 2020. Probably wants just to slow it down a little bit because, you know, with, you know, he's basically been in season mode for over a year. And it's been, you know, look, it, I'm not saying that Daryl Morey's special and that it's only been a challenge for him. But if there was a time to exit with 2020 happening, with D'Antoni leaving, this was it. Yeah. So that was, obviously, I think it was personal, was one of my reasons. 
But I started thinking about Daryl and the whole Hong Kong China tweet thing. Mm -hmm. I think part of him genuinely disagrees with the NBA's stance or procedure or the way that they handle diplomatic relations. I think and, and that might have been part of it. And, yeah. you know, Daryl didn't want to, like, leave right then and there. I do think that was the biggest catalyst um, towards this. Um, not just the pandemic, not just uh, Fertitta. I think, honestly, him and Tillman Fertitta, I know that there's a lot of, um, like, a lot of people think that there was tension there. And I'm not going to say that their relationship is perfect, but also I think it's too quick to judge their relationship. I know a lot of people were saying, oh my goodness, Tillman Fertitta is the, you know, worst, you know, he's like the absolute worst. Um, they're, they're putting him next to James Dolan. I mean, what has this guy even done? James Dolan is far worse of an owner than, than uh, Tillman Fertitta is. Like, th don't even put them in the same category. Yeah. Oh. I mean, look, look. Tillman Fertitta's in year three going on year four of his tenure as owner. And James Dolan's been up there for, you know, at least... How long has James Dolan been the owner? He's been the... I feel like it's been 35 years since he's been the owner. I mean, I don't think that's totally correct. But, I mean, if you look at the Knicks and the Rockets, like, that's not even a question. Like, the Rockets are definitely the superior franchise of the two. So, like, to me, it's just... Okay, he when He's he since ninety nine. Ninety nine. Okay, so twenty years. The Knicks have made the playoffs how many times? I think twice. Yeah, in twenty years. Twenty yeah. years. Well, I wanna don't, I wanna make put, don't put uh don't put Tillman and, and James Dolan on the same, you know. Don't put them in the same boat. Because they are far from the same boat. Now I'm not going to say Tillman's been a great owner. Definitely has not been better than Leslie Alexander, at least yet. But I don't think that this had to do with any kind of, you know, tension that we're creating between Tillman Fertitta and Daryl Morey. No. And on that note, Daryl Morey just came out with a statement right now saying, after returning from Orlando and reflecting on what's been an amazing 14 years with the Rockets, I've decided I'll be stepping away from the Rockets organization effective November 1st. Tillman and I have had many conversations since I returned, and his unwavering support and counsel during our time together has been critical to our success. It's been the most gratifying experience of my professional life to lead the Rockets organization. Two big takeaways from this. Number one means that the Rockets will have their head coach by November 1st, which is a national holiday being my birthday. Uh, so that's good. Happy birthday, and, John Lucas is your new head coach. Yeah. <laughs> I will officially not celebrate my birthday when that happens. Uh, but it's also, you know, I, I think this show, this definitively shows to me that him and Tillman, this has nothing to do with Tillman. And the thing is, when did Tillman become owner of the Rockets? 2000... 2017. Okay. So he's a guy, everybody always wants to accuse him of not spending money. Last time I checked, he gave out nearly a $200 million contract to uh, Chris, Paul, Chris Paul and also agreed to not just trade Chris Paul to shed salary, but bring in a guy who's just as expensive as is Chris Paul. I think he's a little bit more expensive. Um, and let's face it, Tillman Fertitta is a businessman, and winning championships is good for business. So yeah, that's the best business in the NBA. Correct. So... And I think he's a genuine fan of the team. But I think with Daryl, he wants to stay on. I think they're going to hire a head coach pretty quickly. And he wants to be a part of this gradual moving on he wants process. Part of the transition. Correct. The transition That's, of power. Right. And I, look, I'm going to love Daryl Morey. I, I wish him nothing but the best. Because for. <laughs> One thing that I don't think he gets enough credit for, and it gets talked about um, a little bit, the entire league, it felt like, for a span of, what, three years, when Kevin Durant made 
the biggest wussy move in the history of the game and going from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Golden State Warriors. There was one team in the league that looked that challenge in the eye head on and said, we're going to go play. We're going to play with you minute for minute. Like we're, we're not scared of you. We're not going to run. We're not going to hide. We are going to fight you. And they narrowly beat the greatest collection of talent that 2018 season in the history of the NBA, which is what the Warriors had on that team. Better than the Bulls, better than the Celtics, better than the Lakers, any team. That Warriors team was the best team ever put together. And Daryl Morey was the architect of that. And if you're a Rockets fan, you have to appreciate that. I will always appreciate the fact that he never ran and hid. But you know what, Jeremy? At the end of the day, it's been 13 years. He never made an NBA title. Or he never made an NBA finals, I should say. Maybe it was just time to move on. And maybe he realized that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different things to go about. But that... That's been something that we've talked about several times on the show is the fact that Daryl Morey always kept the Rockets in contention. Yeah. Second best record in the NBA from when he took over. That's no accident. That's no coincidence. He did that because he was able, even in the Kevin Martin era, when they were in the middle of the Harden and McGrady Yao eras, they still found a way to put out a competitive squad. And, you know, they always... They always tried. Daryl Morey always tried to find a way to get the team to get one step closer. Even the trades that didn't work, the um, the Ty Lawson trade comes to mind. That trade, obviously, Ty Lawson barely played a season, but I, I have no problem with that trade because he tried. And the thing with Chris Paul and Russ, he, he, there's no regrets to that trade. You, well, you make that trade every time. The the fa- the amount of people that are saying that Daryl Morey was in the wrong for that trade are absolutely – I'm sorry, and this might come across harsh. You're absolutely incorrect. Like, that is incorrect. Like, your opinion is wrong. And here's why. Chris Paul, everyone was criticizing that contract. And when the Rockets lost in 2019, it's like, oh – you went one step back. You have Chris Paul's terrible contract. They were able to trade Chris Paul's terrible contract. And yes, you got Russ, but at least he tried to do something to improve the team. He was keeping the that goal in mind for the team. And the only way for that is for the Rockets to execute. And unfortunately, they weren't able to. Now, I've seen a lot of things on Twitter today about how this is the end. This is over. Like, let's just trade trade the house, start fresh. Do you think, Mike, that this team needs to hit the reset button? No. That's the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. Or all these loser Twitter fans who watch, you know, one out of every nine games who want to scream from the rooftops, oh, trade James Harden. He doesn't perform in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, a guy who averages 28, 7, and 6 in the playoffs. Let's trade him. Yeah, you're stupid if you think that. Sorry. It's not even even stupid Rockets fans. It's so dumb. It's not even them. It's, it's, it's you know, like Red94, very popular uh, Rockets uh, blogger, one of the best. He's like, I'm done with the Rockets after this. And... You know, if you understand that um, his relationship with Daryl Morey and how he got the blog started, you, I can understand that. But, um, like, I'm looking at his Twitter and, you know, I'd welcome a Harden trade at this point. I would advise Rockets fans to boycott the team until Tillman Fertitta sells it. Um, so, okay. that's wow. the thing. Like, And look, this – but that's what – a decision like this can do it can it can uh elicit very strong opinions very strong emotions and i'm not you know dogging on red 94 um because he's he's absolutely fantastic go follow him if you don't already but oh he's a great you know, yeah it, it does it does bring that question up and i think you and i are on the same page here where we think you know this team they do need work, but this is not a team that needs to just blow it up. Um, 
well, not the- when you have a top three MVP candidate, you know, in James Harden. It's just not the time. And and look, I think that that reaction came upon a lot of people because it's interesting. It's a little ironic too because. Daryl Morey was kind of like, oh, well, when he traded Chris Paul, it's like, oh, nobody's safe. Like, nobody except Harden is safe. Like, anyone can go. Gordon can go at any time. Like, Dwight could go at any time. Like, it was so much like, you know, Daryl Morey was not afraid to trade anybody. And now when he's gone, that fear is even heightened, ironically, when you would think that the guy that is traded so much, he had, I believe, 40, it was like, the second most trades out of any team in his tenure. And the only other team that traded more was the Philadelphia 76ers, who majority of those trades were made by his protege, Sam Hinkie. So I, I, I found it kind of funny that it was kind of like that just because, uh, you know, guy that traded all the time. Now he's gone. Everyone can be traded, including Harden, which I don't think is actually the case. In fact, I I don't like I don't think Harden's getting traded. I don't think Westbrook's getting traded. You might see an Eric Gordon trade still, and we'll talk a little bit more about Raphael Stone, his his uh, successor, uh, in a little bit. But but here's the thing, okay? And I'm reading through Red ninety four now, and I get it. You're mad. You're upset. But like not being a fan of the team anymore. I mean, really? Well, I think he was a fan because. I think he became a fan because he was a fan of Maury. Well, okay. I mean, that that's fine. But here, okay, let me ask you this. Any Rockets fan that's listening to this right now, you do understand if you move either one of Harden or Westbrook and don't acquire another superstar, you're going to go back to the days of Kevin Martin and Luis Scola and Luther. Well, Hayden. I wouldn't necessarily say that either. I still think that this team can make it to the playoffs next season. And I think with the way the West is this year, it's it's an interesting year because there isn't a whole lot of free agency movement. You know, last year was the year for that with Kawhi and Paul George joining the Clippers and with um, Russ coming to Houston and with Golden State kind of just bo- bottoming out. The Lakers had AD. So there was a lot of movement, but you're not really going to see that this year. So teams are going to be kind of with their guys. A- Anthony Davis is the only real free agent of note, like superstar free agent, and he's going to stay in, uh, in L.A. with the Lakers. So this year is more about how can I get better with my role piece, uh, with my, you know, my secondary pieces, my role players. You know, which team is going to be able to do that? It's not really about superstar movement this offseason. It's going to be more about um, getting those tertiary, secondary, tertiary you know, fourth options that can really make the difference between uh, a championship team and and a first round exit or a second round exit because this this West is going to be stacked. It's going to be so stacked. It's going to be the deepest Western Conference we've ever seen. And well, the Rockets have the talent to stay in there, they're but play- they got to stay in there. Well, they're a playoff team. It's guys like you know, can the Rockets get a guy like a Jerry and Grant? You know, somebody Jerry and Grant. Not Jeremy Grant, sorry, it's Jeremy. Jeremy Grant. Yeah. It's Jeremy. the same, but it's okay. Right, so Jeremy Grant. I am Jeremy. Yeah, guys like that. But here's a question that I haven't heard many people bring up. Does it not now frustrate you that the Rockets earlier this season took a very drastic move in trading Clint Capella for Robert Covington? Which I think you and I are still on board with that trade. You still do that deal, right? Yes. Okay. You built this roster for a specific type of coach that was willing to coach small ball. And arguably the greatest coach to ever do that in the history of basketball is Mike D'Antoni, who coached the same style of team when he was with the, the Suns. The architect of this roster is Daryl Morey. And less than a year later, neither one of these guys are here. Well, here's here's the thing, Mike, and you're not going to like this, but here, I'm going to throw some truth at you. Uh-oh. If Mike D'Antoni 
leaves. So Mike D'Antoni leaves. Daryl Morey leaves. But Daryl Morey, it's not like they went out and they got a, D, not, got a new GM. They promoted Raphael Stone, who has been in the organization longer than Daryl Morey has, and is a key part of the moves that the front office makes. So they trust the front office. The front office is staying. The front office that designed this team, that helped design this team, is staying together. You're just losing Daryl Morey, which is a key part of it, but... For the most part, the philosophy is still there. They're still going to be very analytical, very three-point driven, and whichever coach comes in is going to be very three-point driven and all that. But what that showed me is if they like the philosophy, if if they want to stay in, they don't want a new opinion coming in and how and cleaning house in the front office and all of that, it makes me think that they also feel confident in the core that they have on the floor and how the how it's being run on the floor. And that's exactly why John Lucas is still a big candidate for that job. Because he is basically like, he he knows the offense. He knows the offense. He knows the players. If the Rockets organization is doubling down on their front office to stay together after Daryl Morey leaves, you have to think that it's going to be the same way on the coaching bench. And that is why if John Lucas gets the job, that's why, because they want to double down on the philosophy they have on the court as well. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Tell I, me the thing. You're right. You're right on Lucas. The big development today for me was Ty Lu getting the Clippers job. Right. There is no, unless he gets an offer to be a head coach somewhere else. Sam Cassell better be the lead assistant for the Rockets next season. There's no reason to not bring him here. Like I said, unless he gets another job, which I could still see happening, you know, I think he could be in play for the Pelicans job. Uh, I think the Indiana job makes some sense for him. Um, The Oklahoma City job, not really. Uh, but I think he's still in play for a couple other jobs. I would be more okay with John Lucas if you get Sam Cassell here. You have to get Sam Cassell to the Rockets at this point. Okay. I'm more, I'm more open to that. If, if you can get Cassell here, if it's just John Lucas, I guess it's a wait and see on his assistance. I'm just, I'm not over the moon about it. I'm not like a, I'm not a woohoo. John Lucas is a new head coach. I mean, if I had to grade it, I probably would give it a C minus. I think the one thing for John Lucas is he does have a heck of a lot of support from players around the league. I think players really do respect him. Um, but I'm just I'm not I'm not huge on the idea of bringing in John Lucas. But I do agree with you that keeping it in house and what was it the tweet from Mark Stein today? That John Lucas, the John he Lucas support from from Stone, from yep. Harden, from Tillman Fertitta. Correct, and that's I mean that's pretty telling. Now, m- kind of moving the conversation a little bit to the coaching as we're doing right now. There's a report out today that the Rockets are looking to bring in Stephen Silas for another interview. I think tomorrow. Um, now it's documented that the they've had two meetings with Van Gundy. This will be a second meeting with Silas. If the Rockets wanted Lucas, why is it not a done deal? I think John Lucas is actually meeting with them next week. Yeah. Yeah, it says Tim McMahon just tweeted, Mavs assistant Steven Silas will have a second interview with the Rockets. So it's clearly going to be Van Gundy, Silas, and Lucas. It's going to be one of those three, with Ty Lue obviously going to uh, L.A., now, with Sam Cassell in this lead assistant, I know we talked about it on the Coach's uh, Microscope podcast, and I I thought, like, you know, I, I understood what you said, but I didn't really think it was going to happen. With Ty Lue going there and him picking Chauncey Billups as his lead assistant... Which, which, which makes no sense to me. Well, you know, Chauncey Billups is a very smart basketball mind, but... Correct. That also makes me believe that 
Sam Cassell is likely to be a lead assistant now. If he's not going to be the lead assistant in L.A., he's definitely worthy of being lead assistant. Correct. And, you know, what you said on that podcast is more likely, I think, now than it was when we talked about it uh, originally. Because they're, you know, just where things are going with Doc going to Philly. You know, he hired Dave Yeager, but there was no real sign that Dave Yeager was going to be his lead assistant. He might go follow Doc Rivers up there for a year uh, or two whenever he gets the head coaching job. Sam Cassell's going to be a head coach someday. It's just a matter of when. And he needs to be, he's definitely worthy of a lead assistant job somewhere. So Houston does make a lot of sense for him uh, as, as a place that needs a head coach that is going to need a lead assistant. Um, and I would, you know, whether it be Van Gundy, Silas, or Lucas, I think that Cassell would be a perfect uh, fit right next to any one of those guys. So now I'm happy with it. Look, we, we've talked about the coaches already, and we'll talk about them more in depth once the Rockets actually do make a decision as to who it's going to be. Uh, but, you know, to me, I think you can there, – look, there's pros and cons with all of them. There's it, it, Look, if you had to ask me which one of the three I want, it's Silas, but I'd be happy with Van Gunning. I'd be happy with Lucas. Probably Lucas out of the three is the one I would least like, but it does make me feel a little bit better knowing that there is so much support for Lucas in the organization already. Yeah, and I think the one thing that would be a positive if you think Sam Cassell is a future head coach in this league is John Lucas would be the head coach. It'd be very similar to me, like Dusty Baker with the Astros, where you bring him in for two years, and he's the he's familiar enough that once you move on from Harden and Westbrook, if you do after these next two years, then it's a lot easier to move into that next phase of the organization right. with a guy who you already have here. So you right. basically go to Cassell, and you're like, well – you're our next head coach. You're the coach in waiting. Once Lucas is done, Lucas has already said he'll be here two years. You can hold out for two years. We'll make you the next head coach. And this is, you know, who you'll, you'll be. I think you have a much better shot at winning a title the next two years or three years with Van Gundy than you do Lucas. Like it's not, yeah. And with Cell, it's kind of like a wink, wink, like doesn't have to be in writing or anything like that, but. Yeah, um, it's yeah. But what they do with, I, I think the timing of this Stephen Silas thing is interesting too. I would not be shocked by the end of business tomorrow if Stephen Silas is the next head coach of the Rockets. Because, I mean, you're going to schedule, or this is a power play move to for you know they're offering sa- a certain salary to Van Gundy and Van Gundy wants something different. This could be a, a move to say, look, either you want it or you don't want it. If not, we're going to move on. And Van Gundy could call him and say, look, I'll take it. I'm your next head coach. Mm-hmm. And I think Van Gundy, to me, if Van Gundy is coming here, so is Sam Cassell. I think if Steven Silas comes here, we're not getting Sam Cassell because Cassell is going to look at it and say, well, Steven Silas is good at this whole head coach thing. I'm not going to be a head coach there anytime soon. Well, I take that back. He may come here just to be a part of the organization again until he gets that next head coaching job. The Sam Cassell to Houston thing just makes entirely too much sense to happen. It feels like. Like Yeah. And they, and look, I don't think that we would be saying this if Cassell wasn't a former rocket, uh, fan favorite. Um, if it was, uh, you know, John Adams, I don't think we'd be as, uh, super excited about it. Not necessarily president John Adams, but, uh, not even John Quincy Adams, but just uh, Joe Schmo off the street. Like it's, it's someone that means something more than just a person to us. So I think that's why we feel that way about Cassell. But you know, we'll see. I think, I think that today has brought on a lot of you know signs of change in the Rockets, and whether this change means something small or something substantial is yet to be seen. But I do think that it could be a sign of both, of small changes and large changes. I think we're going to see, though, we're going to see more small changes 
yes, the figureheads of the operation, Maury, D'Antoni, no longer there. But I still think the philosophy is the same. I still think the Rockets trust who they have putting on red Rockets red on the court every night. I think the it's just the personnel that's changing. I I still think that the team is uh, moving in the right direction. Let's not forget this, right? Let's not forget the fact that before the whole COVID shutdown, Russell Westbrook was playing at an absolutely MVP caliber level, right? Mm-hmm. Let's not forget the fact that they had to change this whole their whole philosophy on the game of basketball mid-year, right? I mean, with, with Covington, they didn't even have a full year together. Mm-hmm. I think so many fans, and we're all guilty of this, and we want instant gratification of, okay, you acquired Russell Westbrook, you know, go win a championship. Well, I mean, it's a lot more difficult than that. It's especially when you have a guy like a Mike D'Antoni that, let's face it, he got his feelings hurt because he didn't get a long extension after last season, not not this immediate past season, but the, mm-hmm. you know. 2019. 2019 season. So you could argue that his full heart wasn't even in coaching this whole season. It, it certainly appeared that way sometimes. Now you get the opportunity to – you bring in – I don't know if I can call him Raphael. Can I call him Rafa? Can I call him Rafa on this show? Are you okay Rafa with Stone. That? Yeah, I Rafa Stone. I guess you this know, is the start of something new. Yeah, Rafa Stone. Um, you know, maybe we'll bring a new type of philosophy. We don't know. You know, you still have to hire a head coach. I don't think Eric Gordon's going to be a part of this roster. Uh, Austin Rivers, is he going to be a rocket? Uh, is Ben McLemore going to be a rocket? Uh, you know, Bruno Caboco, is he a guy? You know, again, a guy that we haven't even talked about at all is David Nawaba, who I think is going to be a, a pretty solid piece to this team next season. You still have Harden. You still have Tucker. You still have Russell Westbrook. You still have Covington. This still You have a ton of of guys on this team that can play the game of basketball at a very, very high level. Losing Daryl sucks. Yes. hundred percent. Tillman has the opportunity, in my opinion, to hit this out of the ballpark by going to get Jeff Van Gundy or Steven Silas. Those are the two guys for me. And I'm happy and bring in Sam Cassell and let's make Houston clutch again. That's how I feel. I I don't understand the people who say that the sky is falling. It, It makes Absolutely no sense to me. I don't understand the people who want to say, oh, trade for, you know, trade Russell Westbrook to the Knicks. Well, what? No. Like, no, that makes no sense. Trade James Harden. Okay, no. Sorry. You know how hard it is to get a superstar in this league? Go call this. You know what? Go find a Charlotte, the, one of the five Charlotte Hornet fans on Twitter and ask them what it feels like to be a Hornets fan. You know? It's definitely not as... Surprising or exciting as uh, being a rocket. It's not as lively. No, but that's my point is you can get all the top draft picks you want. Look at the draft this year. Let me ask you, do you see one guy in this draft that that screams out superstar in the NBA? Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. But that's just because I like his name. It has nothing to do with his basketball talent. Sure, but uh, you get my point. Like James Weissman from from Memphis, basically had to sit out all of last year because he got you know he decided to sit out. You know he's going to be good. I think. I mean, he looks like Thaddeus Young to me. The ball brother, I think, is overrated. Anthony Edwards from Georgia looks like a nice player, but you have Daryl Morey hates the draft, and so do you. Oh, I can't stand the draft. <laughs> but, you know, but you know what was beyond impressive with Daryl is not only his – let's talk about the fact that he went and got Dwight Howard. Let's talk about the fact that he acquired Russell Westbrook and he got Chris Paul and he acquired James Harden. But also the fact that he identified talent like uh, Clint Capella, uh, Chandler Parsons. Um, ben McLemore. Ben McLemore he's able to find. Uh, you know, Rockets legend Damari Carroll – if Dan Tony would have ever played him, I, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, but even guys like Gerald Green, like Gerald Green, was doing nothing before Daryl went and got him. 
And Gerald Green turned into a, a legitimate, you know, 10-point off-your-bench kind of guy. And Daryl is so talented at this general manager thing that he'll be successful wherever he goes. And I think I'm just going to miss the most about Daryl was you never knew when you went to Twitter. Didn't matter. January 1st to December 31st, anything was possible with Daryl Morey. You just never knew what was going to happen. Anything from acquiring James Harden to starting an international controversy with China and Hong Kong. I mean, there was no middle ground with Daryl Morey. He always kept you on your toes. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. Gut feeling, now with everything going on, who's the next head coach for the Houston Rockets? I, it's tough. I do think it is, just after everything that's happened today, I think it's going to be John Lucas. Because I think giving a first-year GM in Raphael Stone, a guy that he knows, that he trusts, that he is good with, like recently, is is going to be super helpful. I mean, yes, him and Van Gundy were in the same organization for a while, but his uh, he was general counsel. Like they don't have it's not that same relationship. He was. You know, last season he was the, I believe he was like the assistant uh, EVP of basketball operations, if I'm, you know, getting that correct. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that that guy has a lot more to say and a lot more uh, to do uh, with the coaching staff and whatnot than general counsel did in 2005, you know. So, yeah, I'm going to go with John Lucas just because it's some familiarity factor and... Uh, it's the front office is going to mirror the coaching staff and that's, that may or may not be necessarily, uh, the most beneficial move for the team, but it's what the team wants to do. So that's my answer. I think it's going to be John Lucas. I'm going to go with Van Gundy. The Steven mm-hmm. Silas thing though. Is interesting to me. I hope it's Silas. Don't get me wrong. I really hope it's Silas because I do think this team does need something to revitalize it. I love the fact that he ran, he helped run the most efficient offense in the NBA this past season. And I do think this team does need some new blood, someone that will challenge the players on the court. And Silas is very qualified. They're all very qualified. That's why they're uh, here and the final, the finalists. Um, I really hope it's Silas. I'll be happy any way it shakes out. Uh, but because regardless, the Rockets are going to be a contender next year, at least, you know, at the beginning of the year and we'll see how it goes from there, but they have the pieces set to be a contender. And that's because Daryl Morey put this in the motion. If, when we win the title next year, he gets a ring, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. That would be total. Oh man, that that to me would be the worst. See, I feel so bad for guys like Demar Derozan, uh, guys like Mark Jackson, that they are seen as like the guys that screwed it up. Dwayne Casey, like they're like, oh, as soon as we got rid of them, boom, championship. Like Brandon Ingram. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> Lakers won a championship the next year. Yeah, I mean Brandon Ingram's a, a superstar though. I the the Steven Silas thing just feels like a smokescreen after today. You know, they're I think they're just leveraging that against Van Gundy. Man, Van Gundy just I think he's the right guy to challenge. I just think John Lucas, you have to bring in an outside force to kind of disrupt the Uh, the status quo exactly the status quo is the perfect way to put it you know if you keep john lucas you're just saying things are are fine everything's okay you know everything is you know going along it's like dwight in the office with the the fire the fire drill you know he was always there to keep things interesting and fresh and fun kind of you know thing i'm gonna bring in as many office references now that i know that you're as big a fan as i am um oh i'm not oh you're not that'd be an insult to you Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. This. I, would, I wouldn't call myself like I, I feel like like I've seen The Office and I've watched majority of The Office. 
Okay, well then never mind. Good I won't ever reference office. this show again. But uh, no, I will. I, I can pick up on that reference. Okay. I Tomorrow's going to be a very fun day for the Rockets. I, I just, I have this feeling. I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready. Tell me who the coach is. Like, let's go. Let's get it going. You know, tomorrow, hire a coach, acquire Miles Turner via trade. Like, let's just get it all done tomorrow so I can enjoy the weekend. Yes. And uh, if if a coach is hired uh, before the weekend, uh, you will hear that podcast from us on Monday. If you don't want to miss it, be sure to subscribe to uh, Harden Might Take wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a download if you're over there. Also, you can follow us on Twitter for all things Houston Rockets at DreamShake. SBN. You can like us on Facebook. We're over there as well. And head to thedreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets, all things Daryl Morey, all things coaching search related on thedreamshake.com. Home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Be sure to also follow my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown on Twitter at UH Big Red Hat Guy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E. And ER, we're parking the rocket ship on this Friday morning. Uh, so thank you all for those who tuned in. And until next time, in Mori, we trust. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.